Part 1. Checking in. Chapter 1. In which we meet the dead, learn about flyers and blueies, and discover how the guests survive life in the invisible foyer. On days when Hart looked back at it all, looked back at the days when he and Bowler were still together, he remembered to focus on the positives. At the very least, he would have to say that they got what they wished for. At least things happened. And then he would remember what happened to Bowler, and how it ended, and would then pause in whatever he was doing as he sighed and went through, once again, the list of regrets in his head. Undoubtedly, the worst of it, the physical pain, all happened to poor Bowler. Hart missed him very much. Taken from Hart's Imaginary Guide to Being Dead Television For the dead, the watching of television is vital for staying sane. To understand this, imagine, you never sleep. You never get the rest so badly needed by the human brain. You can't pick up a book to escape into its pages. Now add to this the fact that you can only travel within the boundaries of the foyer. You can't go to new places to see new things. You can't find change. So how do any of us ever switch off? How do we pass the time without irretrievably losing our minds? We stand behind the living and watch with them. They think they're alone in their rooms filled with reminders of the recent past. But we are there too. The Year 2000 Mary grunted in her sleep, and Bowler jumped in his seat reflexively. Some things were harder to unlearn than others, Hart noted. He thought he'd probably been the same when he first arrived, but he was sure he'd picked things up a lot quicker than Bowler had. When Hart died, he'd been older than Bowler, to be fair, and from a far less molly-coddled world, but were he given the choice, Hart certainly wouldn't change that. These days, they knew nothing. Bowler glanced sheepishly over. Hart gave him a brief wave of the hand. Don't worry about it, the gesture said. The younger man ran a hand nervously through his shortish hair and tried to resettle in his seat. Hart thought it would still be some time until, even unseen and intangible, Bowler was completely comfortable in other people's houses. It occurred to him how very human, how very English, it was to have the need to know you'd actually been invited somewhere. Mary carried on dozing. She always tended to at this time of day, and it was another reason Hart preferred to watch TV in her apartment than elsewhere. Mary was a creature of habit, and therefore easy to predict. Better for Bowler, and, to a lesser extent, for Hart. Plus, Mary's place made him comfortable. The decor was definitely to his taste. That which he called classic, and Bowler called old-fashioned, style was strongly in evidence. Brown, floral-patterned wallpaper, and dark, dirty red carpet, with iron-framed, yellowing photographs adorning the mahogany-effect cabinets and side tables, as chipped and faded as Mary herself. Hart liked it. Bowler wasn't a fan, but Hart knew Bowler would never complain about it. What was the phrase he'd heard? Wouldn't be seen dead in it. Hart sneered bitterly at the irony. And then, right on schedule, it hadn't spoken up for a good five minutes, 
the voice in Hart's head spoke up again. You've got to get out of the foyer. You can't last much longer. What are you doing? Why are you wasting time? As always, Hart blocked it out and focused on routine. Monotony. The safety net. Mary's snoring began to drown out the tick of the large, seventy-style clock in the corner, which sat extremely awkwardly with the rest of the bric-a-brac. As the sound became harder to ignore, Hart fought extremely hard not to envy her. It was a feeling bordering on hate, made worse by the maddening drone. Once, back when he'd first arrived, he would have had to leave the room to calm down, driven to a nearly uncontrollable, jealous rage. Sleep. Hart closed his eyes, as if to simulate it for himself. Of course, he felt no change in his state of mind, nor would he ever.